Welcome to Wow What A Week hashtag politics. Winter is arriving, but politics always involves shady moves in dark corners, cloudy legislation and hazy statements. A beacon of light helping us navigate through all of this is politics with Butsang Muilua. Brother man, welcome back. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks, Big Doc. You know, this, I like I like what they call in the industry, Big Doc. Uh, that sounds big. Uh, and and a good good morning to the viewers as well. Yes, sir. It's it's good to be back uh, on set. Let's get straight into it. Let's go to Hamanskral. Who would have thunk that in 2023 would have a cholera outbreak? In in, in fact, I was watching a Tidi uh, Madia's um, podcast. Yes, yes. And she was chatting to former President Mbeki. And uh, in that podcast, uh, President Mbeki talks about how I don't know if I can ask people to vote for my party right now. Uh, you know, because of governance, uh, lack, lack, we can't even provide clean water in Hamanskral. Let's talk about that. You know, you know, Fresh, it is not even governance. Governance is too far. It's on basic services, yes. basic commodities that are enshrined in the constitution of this country. Mm. But also commodities and services that the ANC as the liberation movement had promised the people. To, sure. You know, I, I vividly uh, recall I was living in Atridgeville at that time, the 1994 billboards of the ANC, uh, vote ANC for clean water, free education, electricity, and free housing. Mm, that billboard mm. is still you know, in, in, in my mind. And I think President Mbeki is like all other ANC members and followers and supporters find themselves in a very tight corner to go and convince people to continue voting for the ANC due to the failure of the former liberation movement, the leading political party in the country, to can actually not even invent any way mm. to continue rendering services that were very basic, whether it was in the homeland states, whether it was in the Pakistan states, or in the former partisan, I mean, water, especially in places like Hamanstrand, mm. mm. which is part of the biggest metro in Africa. I listened to a certain advocate, Mwafrika Wamaila, he's from, originally from, from Hamanskral and is representing, is the leader of the community there. And the people of Hamanskral are saying, 15, 16 years back, we had clean water mm -hmm. here, before these tanks were you know, introduced, before the municipality failed to render those services. And now, as a, as a country, uh, if you hear the news, you know, this past week, it is no longer only in Hamanskral. There's, mm. there's an outbreak of cholera. There's a, there's a, a, a case reported in Limpopo of a Zimbabwe national, but it's contained. There's cases reported in the Northwest. There has been water problems in the Northwest. Mm. In Houghton now, in Limpopo, it's going to go to the Free State and the Eastern Cape very soon. But I, I've got a completely different view regarding this. Yeah. Despite a failure to render services, mm. I think there's an element of corruption in this whole process. And, 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 and Amans Kralis showed us. How much is it costing for water tankers to bring water in all the time? Because already there's a business there. A very big business. Meaning it's not in the interest of those people for water systems to be fixed. If, if you look at you know, having a proper infrastructure, and I, I'm not an engineer, but yeah. proper infrastructure to can take water from the reservoirs around Tswani, mm. which are supplying other areas of Tswani, into Amanskal, I can bet it will be cheaper to can have infrastructure to have pipes mm. that is taking water to the people of Amanskal. Unlike having somebody who will have to have, first of all, a truck that is equipped and set properly to can mm. transport clean, fresh water 
for human consumption. The second element is those trucks when they transport water to those areas, there have to be tanks. And 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 uh, you know, Jojo will will feel very proud that we are calling them Jojo tanks because Jojo is a brand, yes. and it could be any other brand to have these huge water tanks that the, the municipality will be supplying all over Amanskal for the people to can take wheelbarrows and, and, and gallons of water to go and take water there. So that whole value chain, it involves quite a lot of money. Mm. And again, as somebody said, the comrades and some of these trucks, it has come out, you know, people have provided material evidence. Some people have come up and said, my own family owns that truck. It is not in my name because I work for the municipality, but yes. it's the truck of the family. Mm. So so municipal employees, they owe and they buy these trucks, then they invest in them. But what is worse is then they don't even go and pick up water where they've signed up on the SOP or on the contract with the municipal, they're going to pick up dirty water somewhere. What is a, a, a worrying is yeah. that the government to date have come up and said they can't find any traces of uh, cholera or bacteria in the water. But what water is the government testing? Were well, they not testing the tap water in Haman's Club? Yes. Because I heard the minister talking about the water is clean. I heard um, Mayor Celia Brink say the water is clean. Testing the water that the municipality knows that it's water that's clean that's going to the tanks is different mm. from what the tankers are delivering to the people uh, when the municipality and officials are there. That's uh, a totally different point. And surely that is probably where the cholera might be from. Uh, exactly. Botsang has zero experience when it comes to uh, water issues, Absolutely. water sanitation, etc. But Botsang all of a sudden has a tanker. And, 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 and it could have been a tanker that was not cleaned and sanitized that must now carry drinking water and then Ramakala when people fall sick. Actually, it has come out that majority of these tankers, they were not initially water-carrying tankers. They were converted into. You see. And they were converted into water-carrying tankers. So mm. there's the whole halabalu with this whole thing. But again, this is as a result of one, failure of a government to provide basic services. Secondly, for corruption. But again, the tender process. Mm. The tender process is a problem in this country. And tender and contracts of government have always been there. But the fact that uh, political office bearers and, and public servants are seeing the tender process as a cash cow. You know, it's a, it's a living income for some of the people. It has become a problem because it has gone out of hand. There is no accountability. Mm. There is no monitoring. The government has failed in many years to have what we call health inspectors who would normally go to supermarkets, to shops, to plaza shops in the township. They don't have the capacity. The mm. government says we don't have the capacity to provide those health inspectors who are supposed to do routine and regular checks. Now imagine we have increased the, 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 the number of services that require inspectors and we don't have those inspectors. Mm. And I think it's a shame actually, if I was a politician, I'm sitting in government, I'll be very ashamed that we are failing on basic, basic provide. Yeah, you have one job. With, clean yeah. water. Yeah, what, what are we doing yeah. in this instance? And again, I saw, you know, the big bite in between the Democratic Alliance, which is the governance in China now, the leading and the ANC, pointing fingers at each other. This problem, let me tell you, Fresh and our viewers, it is 16 years old. It didn't start now with the Democratic Alliance. They've been in, out, in, out with the ANC. It's a collective problem. Mm. 
So the government of the day, I don't care who's in power in Swani. The government of the day has failed the people of the Republic of South Africa. And, and, and again, I also think, you know, when you look at what happened in the last two, three weeks, it happened in, in the Northwest. Right? Mm. We know of the problem of Guiani in Malamulele, of water. 20 years, they've been promised a budget, budget, budget. A, a billion rand later. A, a billion rand later with mm. something that started as, as, as 500 you know, million. It's a billion rand later. They mm. still do not have water. So there's an element of corruption, but we must be careful as a nation. We may be going the ESCOM way. We may be going a way whereby people will start making noise and talking about privatization of water services. And we should not forget that under... Uh, Ms. Nomvula Mukonyani, when she was the Minister of Water Affairs, there was a report that came out years back, I think it was around 2016, that shocked the country that 72% mm. of dams and reservoirs that supply clean drinking water to the country, to the nation, mm. are actually privately owned by less than 10% white families. Mm. So it's the same as the land question. You know, there, you know, if more than 70% of land in South Africa is owned by 35% of white families and 72% of reservoirs of water that South Africans consume, it's mm. owned by less than 10% of, you know, white families. You can see where is the privatization going. Mm. Those people are sitting and are saying to government, we can we to provide clean water. We can provide this. We can improve our services. The price of water will be the same as the price of electricity. Mm. It will triple. And who will suffer? The basic person on the street. Speaking privatization, um, I, I was reading about how ESCOM privatization is looming, could be looming. How true? How true is that? I, I look. Uh, this has been in the pipeline. There's been a lot of talk to say partially ESCOM must be privatized and so mm. on. If people don't want to believe that ESCOM will be privatized, they should look at what has happened with the post office, mm. with, with the shares of government in uh, Vodacom. They must look at what is happening with ESCOM at the moment. They must look at all other issues. The Dinel, Party Dinel was at some stage 100% state-owned. Mm. So everything else that has been in the state-owned enterprises, it gradually and slowly uh, uh, being privatized. So we saw it with South African Airways. When, when South African Airways got privatized, before we go back to ESCOM, when, mm. when South African Airways got privatized or sold, if I may put it that way, it actually costed the director general mm. of, 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 of state-owned enterprises ministry his job. He's a blogger with the minister now because he was against the sale of SA the way it was done. Mm. The man is not saying, don't sell, don't get sure. He said the way it was done, it, it was improper because the initial sale, it was for, it was for Mango. It was not for South African Airways. Mm. Then South, South SA Express. Then suddenly the entire South African Airways, the bigger part. And ESCOM is going that route gradually and slowly. ESCOM is being privatized. Because what they've done, we have heard from the director, the president, the minister, that actually there is corruption happening in ESCOM. It's an internal sabotage. We're not supposed to be where we are. But who sabotages is the one who wants to benefit out of that process after. What has happened in the past week was that there's a, there's a barometer organization, an mm -hmm. NGO, that ran a study. And, and they had samples of approximately 1,500 people mm -hmm. uh, uh, concentrated in some areas to test if they want ESCOM to be privatized. And I always say they can use those kind of samples to determine. And they say 59% 
of South Africans, that's how the report came out, want ESCOM to be privatized. But who are those people mm -hmm. that were sampled? Yes. And, and how much are they paying for electricity? What access do they have to alternative energy like solar and so forth? I, I, I don't think it will be the, the wise move. Our electricity is already expensive mm -hmm. as, as we talk. It's unreliable and expensive. Imagine if you privatize it, the basic mode of having a business in the private sector is capitalism. It is exploitation and maximizing profit. Nobody's going to take ESCOM and privatize it and run it without making maximum profit. And NGO it, you, can't and, it, you know? But this is how they operate. They use NGOs mm. to cause a havoc, to start suggesting to people, and they will say, this is a credible NGO. Uh, that is funded by some foundation, uh, you know, of Americans or British, and people will listen more to the NGO than to the government, mm. and therefore let us go the NGO route. But you know what is my challenge there? My, my challenge is I asked a question in some radio platform yesterday. I said, if we think ESCOM will, will be successful as a private entity, who will be the people at the helm of ESCOM? Mm. Who will be the board, the executive, the technician? Will not will those people not be normal South Africans yes. like me and you, mm. engineers, technicians? So are people saying, if people serve the government, they are useless. Then when they serve the private sector, they will do the right thing. What makes difference that if there are people in this country at the moment mm. who are capable of running ESCOM successfully? And success for me is not only profit, because I'm a consumer. Success is do we have electricity. Mm -hmm. If we have those people today, where are they? Can they render that service? Mm -hmm. And, and, and ESCOM is a, a, a state-owned entity, so the salaries are very good there. So it's in competition with the private sector. So we cannot say it's like in the past where people were saying there was no money in government, there's no benefit. Mm -hmm. Actually, the state-owned enterprises, salary band, it is benchmark along the lines of private companies. So it is not about income. And that's what makes me think that it's an absolute sabotage that people want to maximize profits out of ESCOM. And we as a nation, I think we should guard against that because we are going to pay for electricity three or four times than what we are paying now. And some people who have money, they will say, I would rather pay more as long as I have my lights on throughout the day. Yes. But what about the men on the street who can afford? Absolutely. And that's the challenge we are faced with. Yeah. Speaking of challenges and being beleaguered, um, public protector Busisuem Kwebane's husband is claiming some comrades said, listen, uh, give us 600,000 rand each and uh, we will make everything go away. Only 600,000. Can you imagine? <laughs> when, when we had a minister in the past who claimed to have refused 600 million from the Guptas, and this was what to settle for 600,000. It's very funny how politics unfolds. Maybe, may, 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 maybe they want to give an amount they know they could get. Well, I. I Alle look, allegedly. I saw the police uh, 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 report, the yeah. case itself. I had mm. access to it. And. and, and uh, the, 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 the statement of the husband of Advocate Mukabani is, is very damning, I must say. Mm. And, and he doesn't end just by making statements. He also says he's got recordings of the meeting he had in Gauteng, two meetings, yeah. where he recorded the conversation with, with uh, uh, the lead person. But also there are WhatsApp conversations 
between the two of them. I, I still don't understand people who do crime or who do corrupt activity and they still engage in WhatsApps. And, and so because leave that can leave be Leaving a trail. Yeah, yeah leaving, leaving a trail. A trail. Yes. So, 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 and for me, that's what is interesting, what was said on those WhatsApps. The other two people, one of which is the chief whip of the ruling party in mm. parliament, the other person is the, ironically, the chairperson of that committee. And, and you must see how Advocate Mkwebani's husband went on to even detailed. Now, smart people, what they did, uh, I'm not smart, but I did that. I went to look on YouTube for the previous recordings in the parliamentary TV. Mm. And there's something very important that he's saying there. He is saying people must go and look at a certain period between their engagements or negotiations and the day they drop the ball. The chairperson was a little bit cordial and warmer and warming up towards advocating Kweban. I went to look at it. Mm. I could see a slight difference. And I thought maybe it's because advocate Mpofu was doing a good job and the chairperson was seeing the results. But the husband is alleging that, no, 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 no. It was the time I promised them money. I wanted to raise the cash and I wanted to set a trap for them. Mm. But unfortunately, he couldn't raise the cash. And in this instance, he said he kept the advocate in darkness until the last minute. Unlike me and you, who could have had pillow talks, you know, the first day I would have, <laughs> you know, a, a sold, sold the, the use to my spouse. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a very sad state of affairs. Let me tell you what this is going to do politically to the country. Mm. Uh, Advocate Mukwebani has rights and there are allegations and a case has been opened. You know what does it mean? Mm. It's going to delay the case further because now you can't continue with a prison. If we are in a fair state of affairs, mm. uh, the chairperson of that uh, committee or hearing must excuse himself until he has been cleared. Remember, this is just an allegation. Mm. So the fastest thing they can do is to say, no, 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 chairperson, move, let's have an, an, a new person to come and preside over this. But it will delay because the presiding person must now acclimatize him mm. or herself mm. with where the case is. Almost start from scratch. Yeah, so, mm. so this is going to delay the whole process. Another fruitless expenditure after they just secured $4 million for her to proceed. Again, I was also seeing a very smart game here where... Ms. Mkwebani's or Advocate Mkwebani's husband, this thing happened while they were still searching for four million. Now, this is where the strategy and the chess game comes in. Mm. So he kept quiet this whole process. Once the money was on the table to say, you may now proceed with the hearing and the case, he comes with damning allegations to say, ah, ah, before we proceed, I have these allegations. October is around the corner. They took over a year to can, you know, be halfway this case. Mm. Do we think they will finish it in the next four months? I doubt it. It's going to take another two to three months for the for the for the for parliament or for the for the national speaker of the National Assembly to make a decision on whether the chairperson must excuse herself. And again, there's a chief whip of the ruling party that is, that will be responsible to say. We, as the ruling party, the ANC, this is the person we are recommending yes. to can replace the other one if he's been replaced. Now, you are also implicated in that process, and you are one who's supposed to make a call in this. A very smart move from the Mkwebanis, uh, but a very, very bad state of affairs for us as a nation because it's unfair on us as a nation. Delay tactic or not, can you afford to make such allegations and claims against people well, and, and think there'd be no consequences. Let's for argument's sake say they're making it all up. 
to buy time. Yeah. But can you afford to accuse Botsang of corruption in the name of buying time when you know that Botsang can turn around? I don't think they are that stupid. Yeah. I don't think they will do that. I I, I think it's, it would have been very dangerous of them because yeah. when it comes out that, you know, making an allegation if, if you don't have evidence, if you don't have people who can come and testify uh, to what transpired. But when a person says, I've got written evidence, I, I just pray and hope for them them Kwebanis, yes. that uh, the, 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 the notes or the allegations that are being referred to in the WhatsApp, they actually have meat in them. You know, yes. we can have a conversation, let's have tea, let's meet comrade for, for discussing your husband's or your wife's uh, process. Maybe as comrades, the people can come and say, no, no, I was giving my comrade support. Mm. But there has to be meat where an independent judge in court will sit and say there is credible information in this WhatsApp. There is leading and material evidence mm. that talks to the merits of the case. And and them, I, I don't think they will take that chance. I, I strongly believe that... So you think there's a case? I, I think there's a case to answer. Cases to answer is uh, probably uh, the last thing that uh, President uh, Putin would like to hear. And uh, the other day it was announced that everyone who will be attending the BRICS summit in August will be given diplomatic immunity. But I thought it's standard procedure that if you have foreign dignitary, I mean, you are a retired diplomat. I'm not retired yet. <laughs> okay, so as, as long as you're breathing, you're still a diplomat. Yeah, I'm not retired. I may go back to diplomatic cycles very soon. But as a diplomat, my understanding was when you have something like this, you extend that so-called immunity to everyone anyway. So with or without Putin, this would have been done. That's my understanding. That, that is the proper procedure. In yes. this instance, uh, what Derek did, you see, now people know about that process and procedure because there's a Putin issue in the, in, in, yes. in the media. But, but the but normal people... procedure is if you are hosting international uh, for us, and so you do grant diplomatic immunity and privileges yes. to dignitaries as well as state representatives that may be attending. Remember, with this, particularly with this BRICS summit, mm -hmm. it's not only the five member states that will be attending. I can confirm now uh, that this week uh, uh, BRICS ministers are meeting and they've confirmed that five states will be attending that have applied for, for BRICS membership. All oh, the guys were and, busy asking us out on it. Yeah, and, and okay. those five, apparently they've met the absolute requirements, okay. and which is Argentina, Egypt, Iran, uh, uh, Turkey, mm. and uh, Saudi Arabia. But there's another 12 that have applied, they have not met the requirements. So those countries will attend, they'll be invited. It is sure. common cause that they will be granted, uh, uh, one, the invitation, Two, with diplomatic privileges and immunities, mm -hmm. because they'll be traveling with diplomatic passports of their respective countries. But it doesn't end there. It also includes representatives of international organizations oh. that may be invited. For okay. example, South Africa as the chair and the host may invite SACU, may invite AU, may invite SADAC, and other regional organizations of interest to the country and to BRICS. So the representatives of those organizations, including the United Nations if they want to, they may have reps from the UN, mm. and, and representatives of those organizations will also be subjected to those privileges. The only difference now is Teruko went and, and gazetted that process, mm. which 
people were not aware of before. They will sure. just grant it. It is, it is well within our international relations uh, regulations, mm. but they gazetted it. That's what it rose the eyebrows. With or without Putin, though, this would have happened. It would have happened with or without Putin. Would have happened. I think they are just tightening the balls and you know closing all the loopholes, leaving nothing to chance. Uh, uh, leaving nothing to chance. But look, there's a challenge and crisis now that uh, the Democratic Alliance, the official opposition party in the country, has now you know done an agent court application, not for Derko, and this is something that we must explain to our viewers, not mm. for Derko not to embark on that process. Uh, the, the Democratic Alliance became very smart. They said, ah, you can go on with that process, but we are approaching the court on the basis of uh, Section 98, I think so, mm. of the uh, 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 ICC law. Remember the ICC law? We spoke about it before. Mm. When we sign international treaties, when we sign international protocols, we domesticate them first. We don't just take a treaty as it is. It comes to Delco, Delco takes it to the international law advisors, it goes to parliament so that it should not contravene our domestic laws, mm -hmm. particularly the constitution. We do have the ICC law domesticated into South Africa. Now the Democratic Alliance is saying, South Africa, the government, you will implement mm -hmm. the ICC a, a law that you have to make because it is the law in this country anymore. Mm -hmm. You remember the last time I spoke about how Derko can can invoke in the 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 Vienna Convention on mm -hmm. diplomatic immunities and privileges of diplomatic passport carriers as well as sitting head of state. The ICC law, which is also our law domestically, it actually contravenes the Vienna Convention. Mm. So it's going to be the call of the head of state in South Africa. This is one of the biggest tests of President Ramaphosa. It's going to be the call of the president to say, even if the court can grant DA permission to say, no, no, South Africa is obliged, because that's what the, the court will not say South Africa must arrest President Putin. The court will say, this is the law in the country. South Africa, you have to respect the laws of, of your own country. Then it calls for President Ramaphosa mm. to stand up and say, am I going to arrest my friend, Mr. Putin, uh, with what, the police or the army or the hawks? Mm. I, I doubt that will never happen. It's a pie in the sky. But I, I think with all this pulling of strings, South Africa is preparing for hosting the summit in August. Mm. I'm just worried that uh, what President Mbeki hinted two weeks ago when he said the easy thing, the easy way out of this is to move the summit to another country, as it was proposed before, to say, let Russia host now, and then South Africa will host in future. Uh, it's too late for that. August is around the corner. There's a lot of logistics that are involved in preparing for such, you know, a, a, a summit of magnitude of this, you know, this size. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still think President Putin will come. Uh, uh, I will be at the Russian embassy in the next week or two to celebrate the, uh, you know, a day, the Russia Day. And, and, and this is where information and things will come clear, mm. uh, because, you know, Russia television has been banned on our, on our shows. But things will become clear. We'll be able to talk to diplomats and, and, and officials of Russia one-on-one -on -one to say, is this thing happening or not? Where I am sitting, I am convinced that President Putin will come to South Africa and will attend the BRICS summit, and he will leave this country, mm. and we will deal with the consequences. The, the aftermath. Yes. Do you think the West, as it is called, would be as bold as to say, 
okay, SA, you've been a bad boy. You are clearly um, in contravention of uh, the Vienna Convention and you're a bad boy. So no more Agoa for you. Well, I, I, I not the Vienna Convention, the ICC. The ICC, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I, Look, they no, will the make Rome statues, the Rome statues. The, yes, the Rome statues. Yeah. They, they will make noise about it. They will make a lot of noise about it. It will harm us if that happens. But who are the people who are saying that mainly? Mm. It's the United States of America, which is not a signatory to that statute. Mm. You see, so if this noise comes from the other countries that signed the ICC, the other members, the other other members, members yes. then it will, it will have more impact. I don't think they will go to an extent of saying you are losing the, 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 the Agua benefits. I don't think they'll go to that push. They are, there are more to lose in this change of the global economy and global powers. Mm. They will lose more than us. We will lose what we are benefiting from America. We will be harmed. But America stands to lose more. Because once you start imposing sanctions, imagine USA that could not impose sanctions mm. against the racist apartheid regime. Mm. Mm. South Africa never, the Americans never imposed. They had an embassy here. We had Ford here. We had Coca-Cola here or throughout when Pepsi, Volvo and other countries that supported us pulled out. Mm. The Americans remained and supported the racist apartheid regime. And we are sitting in a supposed to be democratic state that is actually treating America soft and with kids' clubs. Mm. I don't think they will go to that extent, but there will be some, you know, noise-making yeah. and, and challenges that will happen through after. But I think it's a wait-and-see situation. Uh, uh, I, I think we, are we must trade on very, you know, a careful step carefully in sure. dealing with this. We also do not want to bend bridges. We can see where the world is going. Mm. Uh, we don't want to bend those bridges. Mm. Uh, but I think I, I want to see how is President Ramaphosa going to handle this one. And hopefully it won't be another commission of inquiry. Oh, no, that will cost us <laughs> now much more millions of dollars. Bozang, <laughs> uh, I think let's wrap it up there. Um, I think we've, uh, unless you want to talk consular services versus police services quickly. Oh, the, 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 doctor, the doctor Nandi Pass case. Yeah, this is another thing that our followers have been asking. Yes. And and they are asking on social media. I don't know. They must stop inboxing me. You know, uh, they must write on the platform so that when we respond. Oh, yes. It's not a private it, conversation. It's not a private conversation. Yes. Everybody else can see what we are engaging about. Uh, but unless you want to take him out for dinner, then it's a different story. Not me taking them out for dinner. Them taking me yes. out for dinner. Yes. Yeah. But this is, remember when Dr. Maguduman and Tabo Bester mm. were arrested in Tanzania, mm. we had a discussion about this and we didn't focus on the criminal case. We focused on consular services. We focused sure. on uh, 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 extraditions. Mm. We focused on deportation. We explained very well. And people are saying, now, Ozan, since you guys have said this was a deportation, it's an easy one. It didn't require the police and the courts. What is happening? Why is Dr. Magudumana going to court? And, and I said, we want that the government must be very careful. If Dr. Magudumana in the Republic of Tanzania was handed over to the South African police service, mm. then she's got a case. Sure. Because the South African Police Service Act mm. forbids South African police to can make arrests outside the borders of the country. That's one element. But the Department of so, Home Affairs... So how does it work with... We're working with Interpol. And as a police service, we're part of this operation within an Interpol context. Okay. 
that could have been then an extradition. Okay. Because then the Tanzanian or any other country sure. where this arrest happens, mm. the local police will have to be involved, the local court will have involved, the local court must sit and make a ruling that this person has been on Interpol a, a, a watch, he has been arrested in our shores, yeah. and therefore is under arrest, and the Tanzanian uh, uh, police will hand them over to Interpol, in that, not to SAPS. Mm. SAPS has representatives in Interpol. SAPS yes. is a member of Interpol. Yes. To Interpol, then Interpol will make a passage through to South Africa after the whole extradition processes. But this was not the case. Mm. If you recall, the case was this person was expelled from the deported from, mm. from Tanzania by the mm. Tanzanian authorities. And Dr. Mosley and the Department of Home Affairs were in the forefront of this. Yeah. They were very convinced that the embassy officials, this is another thing that, that is of interest. The South African government, in some instances, mm. they have a police attache sure. at the diplomatic mission. Mm. If there was a police attache, and, and that is an if, of the South African High Commission in Dar es Salaam, who was part of that, there's nothing wrong because that person is accredited as a diplomat. Mm. He would have worked with the consular officials, the Tanzanian officials, to can receive their citizens. And we should also recall that by that time, mm. uh, Dr. Maguduma, there were no charges against her. That's why she's avoiding the bail stuff. So this whole process is to actually run away from applying for bail because she is aware that she will not qualify for bail. Yeah, but she can get technical. Yeah, she can get technical. That's yeah. what she's doing. She's being technical. She's being saying, but you have ducked me. So what should happen according to them? I don't say that's what's going to happen. What they are wishing for mm. is for the court to say this thing was not handled properly. It was abduction. This prisoner in front of me as a presiding judge is here wrongfully release that prisoner. Then they will have to release him because it's a court order. But the government then what will do? They will release her immediately when she steps out of court and charge and arrest her. But then that will give her much more chance mm. to can get bail in future because the condition of the arrest are different at the moment. So it will now become, you, know, you will need a lawyer on this platform to come and explain that technicality. But with regard to abduction, deportation, and etc., I just wanted to explain that part to say if we believe and we follow what Home Affairs is saying, then the country is on the right position. But I'm just worried that the police were there, mm. what was their involvement. Yes. And at some stage, the police minister stood up and we laughed about it and said the good doctor mm. is cooperating. That worried me. That was before they were brought into the country. Mm. Who was she cooperating with? That's a very important question that Magudumana lawyer is going to ask in court. And in fact, she's uh, represented by Anton um, Katz, yes. SC. And he doesn't come cheap. He's, he's one of the best... On the, the continent. Most expensive on the continent. International law expert in the world. One of the best and the most expensive. So who's paying him? Fresh, I've got my own legal who's and labor who's. I wish somebody, one of the lawyers, can volunteer to represent me in my cases. I can't afford 100,000. My good mother's case is going to cost millions. Uh, it's very worrying and concerning who is behind the purse in this Tabo Bester process. But there's a lot of monies. Magudumana's father herself, the doctor's father, mm. is a retired person. 10,000 bail, boom, the money was there. Mm. So there's a lot of money in this whole thing, and, and it amounts to millions. And the, world, the country must be worried who is behind, who is the purse 
person behind the best saga, and that's uh, something of concern. And on a, that note, we're done. Um, I think we'll call it a day. Uh, Botsang Mungilo is available on social media at Botsang M. He's got a book out. Where do we get your book? Uh, like I've said the last time, uh, you can get the book and write to me on botsangm at gmail.com. Yes. My numbers are public, uh, 083-884-7787. No funny messages, just for the order of the book. As well as you can go to my Facebook page and place your order there. And I'm Botsang Mungilo on Facebook, at Botsang on, on Botsang M on, what is it called, on, on Twitter? Yes as well as on Instagram. Busang, thank you very much as always. We'll see you in a week. Thank you very much, uh, Big Doc, and thanks to the viewers. Uh, we'll see each other again next week on Wow What A Week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the fastest growing podcast in Mzansi. It's all because of you guys. Uh, shout out to Amp Studios for hosting us. Uh, we love your facility. Africa Podcast Network. We are family. Pezulu Works for your cinematography. Our audio engineer, artist, the Flo Fraser, and our guest Shout out to our creative director, Kuvesh Mohan, and our show producer, Kileso Mudisa King. Email us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Until next week, have a great week in spite of yourselves.